I want to reflect on our first reading, on the capture of the Ark of the Covenant, and on what a disaster that was. I've been speaking about hope and how we need to have hope. But I also said that hope is able to face the worst. How the sign of, or one of the signs of hope is the crucifix. That a man of hope is able to look at the worst and still go forward in hope. So let's take the Ark of the Covenant and its capture as a model for the church today. And maybe in different ways it can be a model for the defeats we know personally in our own lives. So I want to reflect in a sense on the church today at its worst. How we should be able to look at that and still move on in hope. So the ark was captured. The sons of Eli were killed. Defeat in battle. 30,000 slain. And no explanation as to why. The only comment we get is the lectionary's use of Psalm 43. Now you have rejected us, disgraced us. You no longer march forth with our armies. Why do you hide your face and forget our oppression and misery? But we in the Western Church, I think you could say, live in such a time of defeat, that our numbers are down. We compare ourselves to the, in a sense, the glory days of the 1950s. Now, you know, I do believe the council was called for a reason, there were things wrong, but on all kinds of exteriors, the 50s was a time when it all looked great. The numbers were on the up and up. More people, more converts, more nuns, more seminarians, more priests. Now, few nuns, few priests, few people. In the 50s, the church was respected. Our bishops were respected. If you'd asked a kind of random American in the 50s, what's a Catholic bishop like? They'd appointed to Fulton Sheen. I mean, wow. Today, you ask a typical American, what's a Catholic bishop like? They'd probably point to Cardinal McCarrick. A different kind of wow. So in many ways, uh, Muggeridge's book, The Desolate City, um, which uses the Book of Lamentations to describe us, It says, how does the city sit desolate that was full of people? How has she become a widow that once was great among the people? She weeps bitterly in the night. Tears are on her cheeks. Her priests mourn. Her virgins have departed. How do we face the worst and still move on in hope? Well, let me point to two things. Two things that, if we get them wrong, will lead us to despair. One is 
an, an imprecise faith and the other is a lack of knowledge of history. The first, history. If we know history, we know that the church has had many declines before and it's never been the end. That there was the collapse of the Roman Empire that was Christian. And many different Christian societies have been overwhelmed by pagan cultures. I think of my own England. England, you know, under the Romans, um, we had Christian Britain. It was a Christian place. The empire fell and Christianity was overwhelmed by the pagan Saxons and the pagan Angles who came in and swept away the church. But then Pope Gregory the Great sent Augustine, who we know as St. Augustine of Canterbury, and he made the Saxons and the Angles into a Christian nation for centuries. But then they were overwhelmed by the pagan Vikings. Again, the Christian culture lost. But the Vikings were then converted. If we know history, we know the church has faced many defeats before. And each time for those living in that time, it seemed like it was worse than anything that had been experienced before. Seemed like it was the end. But if we look to history, we see that actually this is just the pattern of, of human existence. Cycles of defeats, cycles of evangelization, cycles of growth. That we can't know our moment of history if we don't know history. More fundamentally though, faith. What does faith say to us in a moment of defeat? The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Which isn't a promise that every apostolic venture will succeed. So even the great apostle St. Paul failed, you know, in the Areopagus when he was preaching to the Greeks. He didn't convince them. Now ultimately the Greeks were convinced, but not by him. That promise also doesn't mean that every nation that is once Christian will forever remain Christian. Antioch the city where Christians were first called Christians. It's a Muslim country now. We need to know precisely what our faith promises us. Not to trust in empty words. You know, superstition is when we trust in what we imagine God said. Faith is when we trust in what he has said. What he has revealed. So what? What has he revealed? Well, let me, three things in faith that we know. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. That's his promise. So we know it's going to be true. We shouldn't be surprised when it's true. But the next part of that verse, but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. He overcame it on the cross, that by grace he can overcome it. He does overcome it daily within us every 
again and again, and he will ultimately at the end of time, I have overcome the world. First promise of faith. Second, our faith teaches us that there is a goal to human history, a trajectory that is all heading towards. So that within the Old Testament, this is one example we've heard today, yes, many cycles of defeat and victory, but that there was a trajectory that the entire Old Testament was heading towards, namely the coming of the Messiah. And the people at any individual moment in that trajectory, they didn't know in a sense what was going on. But we can look at this part of Samuel and know that, well, there isn't yet David and Jerusalem and, and all the glories that yet lay ahead, let alone where it was ultimately heading the coming of the Messiah. And then in the New Testament, the Alpha and the Omega, the definitive promise that he will, in a complete way, come at the end of time and overcome the world. And third, all of this, you know, it's surely a data of revelation, that all of this is also um, an analogy of our personal lives, our personal struggles, our personal battles. That the, the rises and the falls that we see recorded in the scriptures are also what we know happens within each of us. And the promise my grace is sufficient for thee. Well, it holds for us personally to the battles with sin, the battles with apostolic fruitfulness. He is at work. Okay, pulling that all together. So the defeat of the Israelites, the capture of the ark, I'm saying these, in a sense, are a symbol, or we can take them as a symbol of the church today, as well as a symbol of the defeats we know in our own lives from time to time. But in both scenarios, God is at work, even in defeat. We have his promises. The capture of the ark was not the end of God working, and neither does he fail to be at work in our local defeats, we're in our moment of history.